Welcome to Worldwide Wrestling of the World! How are you? I'm Dr. Worm. Before we go any further, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at LegitWWW. And do you enjoy this podcast? Well, we like making it for you. Please give us a rating, a write a review. It really does help us out. And with that, let's get into the highlights from this week's episode of Monday Night Ignite. Monday Night Ignite opened this week with a wild matchup, seeing the newly crowned hide-and-seek champ Berserker against Graham Amazeballs. Amazeballs made his usual cocky approach to the ring, stopping along the way to take selfies with people he assumed were fans, despite what looked like repeated rejections. As he was still celebrating himself inside the ring, Berserker came sprinting down the ramp, with a belt over his shoulder and his vacuum cleaner raised overhead. He slid into the ring and threw the vacuum directly at Amazeballs with all the gusto of a professional quarterback, hitting him in the back, knocking him face down, flat as a pancake to the mat. Luckily, the ref immediately intervened to prevent Berserker from getting the vacuum back and doing any further damage. Amazeballs was understandably slow to his feet, and for a moment, we were unsure if this match would even happen. The ref checked on the vacuum victim, and Amazeball signaled he was okay and able to wrestle. The bell finally rang, and with the match now officially underway, Berserker wasted no time tackling Amazeballs and throwing fist after fist directly into his face. With Amazeballs dazed, Berserker ran off the ropes and dropkicked him right in the head, busting him open. At this point, thankfully, the ref intervened and declared Berserker the winner via TKO. Hearing the double bell ring at the end of the match seemed to calm Berserker down a bit. His eyes almost seemed to glaze over, and he slowly collected his belt and vacuum and walked back up the ramp, leaving a spotted trail of Grandma Mazeball's blood and what looked like saliva along the way. The next match of the evening toned things down a bit, which I think everyone was okay with. After a conspicuous absence these past two weeks, Victor Young made his way to the ring and reminded us all how much we really don't like him. He squared off against Kemp Kemp, who's looking bigger than ever. Apparently Kemp Kemp used the time off to eat more donuts. A lot more donuts. Think of all the donuts you've ever eaten. Kemp Kemp ate more during his hiatus. The match started with Victor Young looking like the clear favorite. He was able to avoid Kemp Kemp's big moves, nimbly ducking his lariats and rolling away from Kemp Kemp's wild haymaker attempts. 
We normally like good defensive wrestling, but something about the expression on Victor Young's face as he wrestles makes us question our love for the sport. He seems to possess an innate ability to get heat without ever really trying. As soon as he shows up on our TV screens, we instantly feel like booing and cursing him out. Victor Young is a piece of trash. Eventually, Kemp Kemp caught on to Young's pattern of rolling all over the ring and timed a shotgun dropkick to hit Young square in the chest as he popped up, really catching him by surprise. He then followed it up and got the sonic implosion for the 1-2-3. Next up, we got to see a rematch of Trace Hombres and Time Killers. Trace Hombres took the belts from Time Killers several months ago at the now infamous WrestleMania pay-per-view. In a night that won't soon be forgotten, we here at the podcast were excited about the Hombres WrestleMania win and are looking forward to seeing what they do with the straps. This being their first title defense since becoming champs, we are hoping for an exciting match, but that's wishful thinking whenever the Time Killers are involved. That being said, this match was a bit more eventful than is typical of a Time Killers match, but still not up to the energy level we wanted. As usual, Levon Linger dropped immediately to the mat and slowly rolled around the ring, while legal hombre Rick Bigley looked on in disgust. He let him roll around for a bit before running over and delivering a huge splash. He pulled Levon Linger away from his partner and tagged in his even bigger brother, Rick Bigley Jr. Bigley Jr. entered the ring, immediately ran towards the remaining time killer, Terry Terry, and drop kicked him off the apron. The Trace Hombres then pulled Levon Linger to his feet as it was clear he wasn't getting up on his own and delivered the patented Menage a Claw double team finisher. Rick Bigley Jr. got the easy three count and the Bigley Bros retained the belts. Things took an unexpected turn though, after the Trace Hombres victoriously left the ring. Now we're used to seeing time killers just lay there until the ref forces them to evacuate, but instead, several EMTs rushed in. Apparently, when delivering the menage a claw to Levon Linger, he was so relaxed he didn't brace himself properly for the impact, and looks to be severely injured. He was carried off on a stretcher, while his partner, Terry Terry, still lay motionless on the outside of the ring. We can only assume someone came for him later, but we have yet to confirm he was safely escorted away. It's entirely possible Time Killer Terry is still tarrying ringside. We here at the podcast will update you with any further developments as this story lingers on. God, who writes this? This week's Monday Night Ignite ended with a pay-per-view worthy main event as Max Tang defended his top title against the elusive Time Tanker. Max Tang has been the top title holder for almost 2,000 days, and we think it's fair to assume that everyone is sick of him. If we think back to WrestleMania for a moment, we here at the podcast were looking forward to the pay-per-view's main event that put the top title on the line, as we were hoping for a new champ. Sadly, we never saw the match finish due to unforeseen circumstances, and much to our dismay, Max Tang was allowed to keep the belt. Time Tanker, on the other hand, is a ton of fun to watch. He almost always has some crazy historic artifact in tow, and a story of a past or future adventure. He's always in the right place, and we've yet to see a botch from him. He is the current worldwide title holder, and we'd love to see him as the undisputed champ. We here at the podcast know how the WWW thinks, though, and it seems like they're tired of his time-traveling gimmick and are trying to expose him as a fraud. This match was booked at the very last minute in a low-effort attempt to catch Time Tanker off guard. Time Tanker was prepared as ever, though, and even seemed to have perfected his entrance. When the lights came back on, he was surrounded by a swirling fog standing dead center in the ring. He didn't carry any mystical or historical weapon with him this time. Instead, he carried a direct message. 
a middle finger at arm's length, stopping a dog's hair away from Max Tang's face. And with that, the bell rang, and the match was underway. As much as we criticize Max Tang, this match reminded us of why he's the champ. When he's on, he knows what he's doing, and he can be a huge presence in the ring. It was clear Tang was actually trying during this match, which was a welcome change from his usual holier-than-thou attitude. Time Tanker was kept busy, constantly avoiding Max Tang's drop kicks, somersaulting under his lariats, and just generally reversing his grapples. It was fun to watch, especially when it became obvious Max Tang was facing a superior wrestler. It was at this time, as we've seen in so many previous matches, when Max Tang tried to cheat his way to victory. Tang grabbed a handful of his fabled orange powder used to blind his opponents, but before he could throw it at Time Tanker, the powder was super kicked directly into his face. Time Tanker delivered his robot power up and got the win via pinfall to a thunderous pop from the crowd. As the bell rang, Time Tanker's hand was raised in victory, but before he was handed the top title, assistant chairperson Angelo Nardelli came storming down the ramp with a stack of papers in his arms. Everyone knew we were about to hear some real bullshit. And honestly, we should have expected something like this. Pardon, pardon me, yes, <laughs> thank you. It is me, Angelo Nardelli. Yes, yeah, thank you, <laughs> so kind. Uh, but right now, we have an issue that is unavoidable. Uh, time tanker, sir, when you signed the contract for this title match, you dated it incorrectly. In fact, you put down a future date, three years into the future to be exact. So, in light of this, I cannot in good faith allow the top title to change hands. Max Tang will remain the champion. Time Tanker looked at the crowd with a prescient gaze, then flashed a smirk Nardelli's way, and before we knew it, the fog surrounded the ring, the lights went out, and Time Tanker was gone. We still think this much is true. <clears throat> it's complete and utter shit. Max Tang retained the title on a clerical error. Fuck. Well, folks, in this business, veterans eventually have to retire to make way for the new men and women of the ring to keep the story and the business going. We here at the podcast wanted to pull back the curtain just a little bit to let you in on the trials and tribulations of life as a WWW signee. Hey folks, backstage again here with Mike Moore, the now former member of American Cream. Mike, welcome back to the podcast, man. And I'm sorry to start on a on a bit of a down note here for you, but we have to address the elephant in the room. You are no longer a tag team partner with Roshan Boom and American Cream. What's going on, Mike? I mean, elephants aside, it was time. You know, sometimes, you know, the rooster's got to leave the nest. I give the boom, you know, a lot of, you know, tip the old little wicker cap to him and saying, uh, you know, thank you for getting me into this crazy world, you know, but I'd also like to thank Arby's for, you know, showing me what it is to be uh, a new man, an independent man, a man that thinks, a man that acts. Are we best friends? People want to know. Of course. Are we moving on? Absolutely. I mean, it happens. Uh, you know, president doesn't stay the president for, you know, bunch of years. All right, well, that's good to hear. So maybe in the future, that sounds like the door's open for a possible American Cream reunion. Uh, probably not. But, you know, that's, but thank you for saying that. That's cool. You know, 
One thing that I do want to ask you, though, which has come up, which is kind of big news in the WWW, is your sister, Jilly Blanks, is training Time Tanker. What are your thoughts on on her training another wrestler? Uh, Julie's just out there spreading her wings, you know, getting getting her client numbers up. All about it. Shooting Blanks. And that reminds me, is she... Now, you guys have different last names, but she's not married. Can you walk me through that? Yeah, I mean, she's my sister and, uh, you know... It's Blanks. That's our family name. So you were originally Mike Blanks, is what I'm hearing. Michael Allen Blanks, yeah. Okay. Did you, is it is Mike Moore a stage name, or is that... Well, I did run through some ideas, but, you know, you got to be true to yourself. We're going to turn the clock back just a hair to the uh, summer of 2012. And I was engaged to slash married to briefly for a little amount of time to uh, a gal I met at school by the name of Maiden Moore. So Maiden used to come see the matches. She's part of a crew called the Meatheads. You know, the ladies, uh, you know, the girlfriends of the the team coming in, checking out the boys. You know, we were dating a bit. You know, I had a poli-sci class with her. I got a B-minus. It was cool. And, uh, you know, she was, yeah, she's great. You know, um, we we got married on a road trip. And I mean, the fellas and our, uh, our ladies joined on and uh, we saw, you know, I just thought, uh, you know, I loved her so much. You know, I love her. So, I love her. I loved her so much. And uh, I decided, well, we decided um, that we would uh, do other things in our days uh, alive. And um, I took her name. You know, she didn't want to be made in blanks. So, I mean, it's like I don't I don't like I don't talk about it. But it's cool, you know, like, come more. Please tell me if I'm treading on too personal of a, of a subject here. Um, but do you ever talk to Maiden more? Ever? Well, Scabs, you and I have been through a whole lot uh, on this uh, TV show. And I'd, I'd say that uh, the short answer is no. That's the shortest version. You know, uh, 2013 only comes around once a year, I guess. I guess you could say. It's been a while is what I'm saying. And um it's been it's been a, a few summers. Well, I don't want to dive in really any further than that, and I appreciate you letting us in on your very personal life. Uh, there is one other thing that I want to talk to you about today. It's been announced that Jim Jones is taking you on as a trainee, and we're going to talk more about that uh, in a in a couple of weeks after you've been training with him for a while. But uh, initial thoughts, man. Yeah, you're training yeah. under one of the one of the premier fighters of our generation. Ooh. How does that feel? Well, it's just shifting gears. Let's shift gears. Let's talk about an uptick. Uh, pain goes to gain. <laughs> Uh, you know, uh, you know, Jim Jones has got to be one of the most powerful entities in the uh, known universe. And uh, I, I just can't believe that I get to be one of the ones to um, to combine, as I've thought before, my alpha and omega, my positive darkness. And I think he's going to be the one to really swirl that pot around. You know, it's uh, coffee and cream. And uh, he, he's he's just someone that I've admired for so long. His teaching, his words, his body his legs and his arms, you know, have been just really at the forefront of uh, physical entertainment for as long as I can remember. So I, I hear there's some, some new things that his disciples, students go through and I'm all ears. I'm all, I'm going to go into it with uh, big hearts, open eyes, always win as the, I, that's from, the, that's like from a show. If Jim Jones was here right now and you can say one thing to him, what would you say? If you and I ever, 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 like, carpooled somewhere, like, 
two. No, that's a bad one. Let's like, you know, sometimes, well, you know, if it's me and you and, you know, scabs, me, you and Jim Jones. No, that's not very personal either. Uh, let's just say this. If I were going to get a five for five at Arby's, he'd get two and a half of those roast beef sandwiches. You know what? Three. And I'd get the second. So that's one thing. No, that doesn't really apply. Okay, so let's just say this. If I were to say anything, I'd say it's cool that we're working out. Maybe uh, you and I will be best friends like the way I am with Rochambeau. Okay. Mike Moore, we look forward to hearing more about your training with Jim Jones. We have to leave it there. We got to get going. And And you will. Mike Moore, everybody. And now a quick word from our sponsors. If you're interested in supporting us, visit our sponsors. Or better yet, check out our website at www.legitwww.com where you can make a donation or purchase some merchandise to help us out. We'll be right back. Get your glow on at Raised by Ray Tannery Salon, located on Main Street. Whether you're gearing up for a semi-nude photo shoot, or a doctor's appointment, or just need a complete makeover, Ray's got the Ray's heated up to fabulous. Our UV beds are level 10 stand-ups, and our spray solutions will last longer than you want, really. Ray's by Ray is the fastest growing tanning salon according to Highlights Magazine, and we proudly boast a high three-star Yelp rating. Consult our on-site specialist to find the right tanner for you at our Main Street location. Our line of automatic tanners will make the local taxidermist jealous. All you have to do is put your hide in and let us take care of the rest. Raised by Ray Tannery Salon. Let your hide shine through. Now let's take a look at the developing news stories from the past week in Worldwide Wrestling of the World. The tag team division saw a shakeup this week as it appears that the meat trust is official. Joey Pepperoni and Tony Baloney have had a tumultuous start as a team and we aren't holding out much hope that there's any actual trust between these two. Not to put too fine a point on it, these partners already seem to have some serious beef, but there's always a chance that some aging will increase their flavor. The only thing we know for sure is that we are going to up our meat game pun to keep up with these two hams. In this week's strangest story, Time Tanker is now officially training with Tybo Master Jilly Blanks. Why a self-proclaimed time traveler would need any training is just the newest mystery when it comes to Time Tanker. So far, we have learned that Jilly Blanks has some serious chops and has trained several wrestlers on the independent circuit, including her brother, Mike Moore. Curiouser and curiouser. Various social media posts from WWW head office accounts seem to corroborate this, but until we get an official announcement, we will all just have to wonder what the future holds. Except for Time Tanker. Because, you know. Of course, the big story this week was the announcement of the BBQ Body Bash Quest pay-per-view. This will be the first Body Bash Quest, and we look forward to learning more about the format and competitors in the next couple weeks. For now, we know that they're teasing a grill match, which we can only speculate on, but if I was in the meat trust, I would be getting nervous. Fans seemed hyped for the possibility of an amazing pay-per-view while remaining understandably skeptical that it will actually bring anything new to the barbecue. 
And now, a word from our sponsors. Paris, France, in the 1980s. I was a baker's apprentice looking to make inroads in the worlds of cakes and pies. With a conviction of confection, I started Cookies, Cake and Pie Shop on Main Street and never looked back. A repertoire of buttery, sugary, over-the-top, out-of-this-world sweet treats big enough to feed your menage a trois or just feed your sweet tooth at home alone has been a Main Street mainstay for over three decades. We stand by our baked goods, and we live by the old French saying, Cookies, je fais pas ça. Treat yourself today. Treat yourself to Cookies Cake and Pie Shop. Hey, what is this? You paid me to read the lines? Uh, what is this? It, the cue cards over there? What do I say? Yeah, this is Tony Baloney, like you didn't know. And you're listening to Worldwide Wrestling of the World. Okay, folks, that was a actually great episode of Monday Night Ignite, if I do say so myself. Um, we're going to do some quick uh, live segments here just to, to, to break down the matches a little bit more um, because there are some things that we do really need to touch base on. First, I want to talk to my good friend Scabbard here about Berserker. We were talking mm. earlier this past couple of weeks about how goddamn crazy this man is. Yeah, I didn't think it was possible, but it's escalated. So where do you see the future of this madman going? I see it going wild, even more wild than it already is. Berserker, you know, is basically saying, come and get it. And, you know, he's he's got the hide-and-seek belt, but he ain't hiding. He's out there, and he's waiting for people to come after him. I don't know when the the officials step in to calm him down a little bit. You know, they're going to need, like, a you know, a full army division of referees to get Berserker in line, and I don't see it happening. I just don't see it happening. The hide-and-seek belt, the nature of that belt, that there are essentially no disqualifications, falls count anywhere. It's it's literally, you know, you can be anywhere, use anything, and every place is a playground. That's Berserker's bread and butter. I don't see anybody taking it from him. You're right. I do have to say, though, to your point, the refs are stepping in a little bit when they need to. They called this match to really save Grandma Mazeballs' skin because he was probably going to be murdered at the hands of Berserker. So, yeah, they may not be stopping him before it happens, but they're at least able to stop it before it gets too wild. Frankie, I want, I want to talk to you a little bit about this because he once again had the vacuum. We, You were talking to us last week about this, how it's just not a very normal thing. Tell me more about this Hoover McGillicuddy, because I want to know, where did he go with this vacuum bit? And is Berserker taking this to the next level? So Hoover, I actually looked him up after, because I, I remembered it very vaguely, but I looked him up after last uh, after last week's episode, and I learned a little bit more about him. So I remember hearing about him from my family and from my dad as being somebody that was around when they were first getting started. So he was wrestling in the 40s. You know, he he was a wrestler. He was, you know, relatively talented. But the main thing that he had going for him was the fact that he had a Hoover. And at that point, not a lot of people had them. So people would show up just to see what that looked like and how it worked. Uh, and he was mostly seemingly using it as sort of a springboard to get his, um, you know, door-to-door vacuum salesman business going, uh, which worked out well for him. Like a lot of athletes at that time, he wasn't living a super healthy lifestyle. He smoked, I think it was six packs a day and was known for just drinking scotch in the ring, you know, as was the Ooh. custom. Hmm. Yeah, I mean... It was the 40s. It's just classy. Yes, So, but it doesn't necessarily lead to a long career. You know, he was around for a few years, uh, never really made a huge splash other than being unique because of the Hoover. And then he retired, essentially, because he'd made so much money selling vacuum cleaners and or Hoovers in the parking lots after the matches. Now, was he 
as violent as Berserker is getting? Or was he just someone who, you know, that's that's what he was using was his vacuum, his Hoover uh, in the ring? Or was there a was there a mean streak in Hoover McGillicuddy? Um, no, I wouldn't say there was a mean streak. I mean, he would definitely, you know, he would go to town on his opponent every once in a while, but he would also stop to sort of explain the, you know, the various um, benefits or features of the vacuum cleaner long enough generally for them to get back on their feet and collect themselves and get back in the match. Unlike Grandma Mazeballs this week, who didn't have a chance to even think once the match started, it, it was like a, a fist tornado just came at him. What do you do in that situation? So, so what you're saying is Hoover McGillicuddy would uh, essentially try to sell the vacuum to his opponent and then beat the crap out of him, you know, once they, they weren't buying. That's, that was kind of his whole game. Yeah, essentially, yeah. It's a good okay. racket. He's, he's, mm-hmm. he's, he's winning matches, he's getting some wrestling in, and he's selling vacuums. So good on him. He's an entre- entrepreneur. I like it. I mean, I don't see Berserker doing any of that. Maybe he saw an old tape of Hoover McGillicuddy, I don't know, and he just thought the vacuum was the way to go. Maybe. It feels like he just picked up the nearest thing he could use to beat someone to death and hasn't put it down since. Yeah, I don't think there's any telling what he's going to do, or I don't think even he knows. Um, But it's enjoyable to watch, I suppose, unless it gets a little too violent, which I guess it has been recently. When's When's the last time you guys picked up a vacuum? yesterday i have a robot that vacuums okay so these motherfuckers are real heavy i'm talking about a hoover here i'm talking about you know the brand hoover i'm talking about a a vacuum that's got a got the bag on the back or sometimes now they've you know it's like a plastic cylinder thing Mm -hmm. if i were to pick up my vacuum that i've got here in the studio and walloped dr worm over the head with it you would be hurting man You'd be hurting. This is a dangerous thing. Yeah, he would be dead. I would be dead. I'd be squished very he easily. Maybe he could maybe take a dustbuster, but not a not a yeah, full size. Let's let's let's, let's move on because this this is depressing, and I don't want to talk about my own death anymore. Thank you. It's dark. Um, it's it's dark. It's it's dark. I, I actually had a, a great question here lined up for Frankie Diamond, our one and only Frankie Diamond. Cut so, to Frankie. Cut to Frankie. All right. So uh, Frankie. We got to see a surprising tag match this week. We got to see the Trace Hombres and the Time Killers. Now, the Time Killers, very typical Time Killer fashion. They just rolled around a bit, didn't do much. But it seemed like there was a legit injury with Levon Linger at the end of the match. And I want to know, do you think, from your experience in the ring, was that an actual injury or is this a work? Immediately after the match, I thought it was a, a work. I feel like if it was a work, we'd be seeing more on social media and we'd be, they'd be making more of it. Generally, when things go quiet like this, I tend to think it might there might be something to it. Was he injured the way that he appeared to be or was it a more minor injury that is the reason why they're not talking about things now? I'm not sure. But yeah, I, I'm starting to lean towards there was some sort of injury. Well, I mean, the commentary, Soup Can Sam Michelle, he, you know, he didn't really mention it. So I think it it sounds like it's a it's an actual injury. Excuse the pun. He didn't really linger on it. Oh, I hate you. If it was a work, you know, they'd be they'd be showing it, selling the injury and that type of thing. I mean, I hope I hope he's all right. But absolutely, yeah. I mean, I mean, the last thing we would want was be for him to leave on a bad note. Do you see what I did? I got it. I got it. Yeah, yeah. I got it. Doctor Ron, did you get it? Uh, yeah. Yep. We're, see, his we're, name is Levon, and then she. Yep. We're we're moving on. We're moving on. So, uh, pun talk aside. Um, but, my, but wait, I want I want to go back to the joke though, because jokes are funny if you explain them. 
they're, they're funnier when you right. explain them. Exactly. Maybe in Canada, but not here. Okay, well, we had, uh, for me, the standout match of the evening by far, we're talking Time Tanker, we're talking Max Tang. We've got a title match. We've got the top title on the line. And we had what all of us thought was a changing of the title. Now, this is a screw job like none other I've seen. And, you know, maybe they get these kind of screw jobs in Canada, Frankie, but not here in the good old USFA. And I was kind of pissed at this because I am a big fan of the time tanker and it seemed like he won. And then goddamn Angelo Nardelli comes out and, uh, and drops this screw job on us. So, so Frankie, tell me a little bit about this, this screw job that happened and, and how unique this is. Yeah, this was crazy. Cause I mean, time tanker won the match. What was brought up after the fact was that the contract that he signed was not for a match on that date. It was for a date in the future, which is not a problem I've seen come up before. It's certainly not something that I would, for that to be a sticking point for them, that they would say like, you know, oh, because you misdated something. You know, we all do it. The first of the year comes around and you're still writing, you know, last year's date on your checks. We don't usually do it for the future, but we're not time travelers. So I, I don't really see where they get off sort of taking this away from him on that kind of a technicality. I, I, I thought it was really frustrating. I, if I'm time tanker, I'm furious. I mean, he must have known that's what was going to happen, right? Or was it on purpose on his part? I, I, it's very confusing to me. I'll tell you something right now, though. Time tanker handled this with class. I mean, he did give Max Tang the finger just directly in his face. I think the real issue isn't as much as how he handled it. It's the fact that the fans, ourselves included, are over Max Tang in this insane run he's had as the top title. No one wants to see him as the top title champ. He's lost his edge. No one really gives a crap about him anymore. So it's been way too long. And this seemed like a great opportunity. And it seemed like the time tinker had it. And then uh, I don't know if I mentioned this, but this is a goddamn screw job. Mm -hmm. Listen, the other thing is Max Tang, by the way, took time tanker to the limit and and that's what it was we all thought time tanker was going to wipe the floor with him but it was actually a competitive match and regardless of what you know screw job happened this was a legit wrestling match agreed listen i'm on i don't want to see max tang as champion anymore than anybody else does but but the fact is this guy can go and he's proved time and again that he can retain his title by any means necessary. Yeah. Okay. Well, I do want to hear a little bit from Frankie because she reported on Time Tanker and him being trained by Jilly Blanks. This is strange to say the least. I mean, Jilly Blanks, we, we know, you know, tangentially of her really from her brother, Mike Moore. Any ideas on why Time Tanker needs training from Jilly Blanks? I mean, I'm at a loss myself. I, I feel like, you know, the, the only thing I could think of was that maybe he wants somebody who's going to help him keep his eye on the prize a little better. You know, he would have had the title this week. He won the match. He would have had the title if he hadn't made that one mistake. So it's possible that he has too much to keep track of with all the different timelines and outcomes and things like that, that he needs a, a trainer in his corner, or, uh, somebody to help him keep it together, basically. That's the only thing I can think of because it doesn't make any sense to me either. I don't see it as a pairing that, that would last a long time or that really makes any sense. How about you guys? It doesn't make sense to me. The only person who really knows is, is Time Tanker and uh, good on Jilly Blanks. She's stepping up to the plate. So, hey, why not? Yeah. Uh, agreed. Um, and speaking of new new teams and alliances forming, uh, we got the word also this week that the Meat Trust is now official. So we will be seeing more of Joey Pepperoni and Tony Baloney. Um, 
Joey Pepperoni, I, I've always been a fan of. I, I'm a fan of the meat man. You know, he's got that good, big old Italian sausage that he dishes out, and it's it's fantastic. Tony Bologna uh, hasn't won me over yet. It seems like Scabbard sort of enjoys his antics. I don't know. Scabbard, what do you have to say about this? I'm a Joey Pepperoni fan. I think Joey Pepperoni is someone who's provided a lot of entertainment over his career in, in WWW. He, he walks a fine line when he does it. Tony Bologna steps all over that line and is quite frankly just an asshole he's kind of ugly too i mean you know i'm not one to pass judgment on people I am. okay when you see what's working for joey pepperoni you know he's got the italian meats and you know people are loving it and he's you know dishing them out and this and that it takes a little bit of skill a little bit of craft a little bit of artistry to do that without seeming like some complete weirdo where Tony Baloney, there's no uh, finesse to it. There's no anything. No subtlety. No, not at all. I don't want any of that baloney. No, thank you. I don't know. I mean, it was funny a little bit when he first debuted, but now this is what, week three that we're talking about Tony Baloney, and now I'm just getting annoyed. Yeah, that's fair. I think we're all annoyed. Um, I want to close out this segment by talking to our good friend Frankie Diamond. Cut the Frank. About the... Uh, cut the Frankie about the the big news that she announced a little teaser on an upcoming pay-per-view that even has an official name now so Frankie tell us a little bit more about that please. yeah I'm excited the BBQ body bash quest pay-per-view coming up we, we don't know 100% what that means yet or what that looks like we're learning more as we go it seems like it's going to be kind of a summer themed uh, barbecue themed pay-per-view they're teasing the grill match, which we talked about a little bit in the news. I don't know what that is, but it's not something that I would want to participate in. Do you guys have any ideas or thoughts? I like to eat grilled stuff, so I'm, I'm thinking it's going to be a, a cook-off, right? I mean, you got a couple of wrestlers up there. You got a couple of barbecue pits going. Who's going to, you know, grill the, the meanest burger in town? So you think WWE is going to draw a lot of people to an arena to watch wrestlers grill meats that we i would love to watch my favorite www superstars in a showdown a cooking showdown you know that's kind of like those shows you see on the the entertainment box where they're pitted against each other in a competition of cooking but this is all barbecue themed right you know whoever loses is, is out of the ring and that's you know that's that's all i got would they wrestle or just just well, the- if, uh, so what happens obviously is uh, there's one winner, right? And then the there's three, there's four people total. So there's one person that wins at all. And each time someone's eliminated, they're eliminated to the ring where they have to wrestle. And the winner of that, who, of those three people that are wrestling, and the the winner of that match gets to face the winner of the competition for the grilling championship title. And I get to eat all the stuff they make. I'm the judge. Boom. That's that's the dumbest shit I've ever heard in my entire that life. That doesn't I- make. And like literally any sense. We've seen weird stipulations from the WWW in the past. I think it's going to come down to something that has to do with uh, with a cage. Maybe maybe it has some sort of. I mean, if you think about a like a charcoal grill or any sort of grill, really, you know, with it's we're we're thinking about you know, a, there's a lot of metal involved. If we're not including the the meat, if we're just going down to the grill itself. So yeah. I think we're in for a wild ride. I don't think we're in for a cook off, Doctor Worm, as much well, as they're, you they're cooking like me that. all the food. Though. They're cooking me all the food. Trust me. I don't me. think so. I don't. You don't even work for them. You just host a podcast. Yep. So uh, this is a really great episode. This is a really great great showing of Monday Night Ignite. I would love our new friend. Frankie Diamond to take us out. Cut to Frankie. Well, thank you guys everybody for joining us. And uh, if you can give us a like and subscribe, it really helps us out and write a review for us and make sure you uh, don't mention 
uh, everything that Dr. Warren just said about the um, the food, because that, you know, Scabbard and I don't sanction that. That's not, don't don't blame us for that, basically, I guess, if you're going to write a review. It's delicious. Is that the catchphrase? I think that's the catchphrase. That sounds like the catchphrase. It's delicious.